Good morning and welcome to Ask the Expert, an award-winning daily series from 8.30 to 9 a.m. to help small businesses. If you have any questions, you can ask them in the comments of the live feed. If you need any more advice, you can join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook, where the accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. During this live session, we will be running a poll, so please do engage with it, and I'll reveal the results at the end. My name is Eva Mrazikova, and I'm licensed accountant and currently accountancy market specialist for IRIS. Um, my role varied um, from uh, since I started uh, my accountancy journey, but I really do enjoy helping businesses and helping accountancy firms um, to get the most of the automatization and um, streamline the processes. It's very important for every business uh, who are either at the beginning of their journey or kind of in the somewhere on the, along the journey and things are not working out as they would wish to uh, have a look and step back and review their processes. So I'm really enjoying to do this to help businesses and other accountants to get the most out of the technology and get uh, more of the work-life balance back so they have more time to do what they like. Um, as uh, I have suggested in my post, I would like to talk a little bit more about IR35 because it is quite a burning subject at the moment uh, due to IR35 uh, coming into effect uh, from April 20. 21. Um, so this is really extension uh, where the this change has been applied to public sector. Now this is going to apply to private sector. So what IR35 is, it is essentially uh, employment status test for tax where sometimes um, gen contractor can be disguised as an employee for the purposes of paying tax. So really, we are trying to establish whether the contractor uh, would be self-employed or employed. So we can have two um, situations where the contractor is inside or outside IR35. If they are inside IR35, just off payroll working, uh, this means that um, they are employed, they are being an employee, and all the usual in terms of the tax liabilities, national insurance, and all the other responsibilities as employee would apply. If they are, if it's established that they are outside of IR35, this is constituting self-employment. And then from this, um, this determines that they can enjoy um, uh, tax, they can enjoy advantages, but also disadvantages of the self-employed status. So we often see uh, it, in private sector as well, that those contractors, individuals are delivering their services uh, through a service, uh, personal service company. 
So um, it's really important to be able to distinguish whether if this contractor would, wouldn't be offering the services through personal service company, if they would be truly self-employed or if they would be employed. So as a checklist, there are a few checks uh, that um, you can ask uh, yourself to see whether you are inside or outside IR35, and hence then you need to make sure that you are compliant. So first, first one would be um, in terms of supervision and direct control. So if you have to be supervised or if um, the person that you are working for has a direct control over you, this, was, this would more constitute uh, employment rather than self-employment. Substitution. So if you can send anybody else instead of you to do the work for you, and if you can do it, it means that you would be outside IR35. This would constitute more self-employment. But if you are the only person who can deliver it, then it's actually in the contract that you have to be the one who is delivering the service or delivering the contract, then this would more constitute the uh, employment. A mutuality of obligation. So uh, this really means that if, if there is an obligation on the employer side to offer work, an obligation on the employee side to accept the work, again, this would be determining that it's inside IR35. Uh, Another kind of thing, uh, deciding factor would be whether you are um, exclusive or non-exclusive. If you are required to be exclusive to only work for one specific company, again, even if you think you are self-employed, this more constitutes employment because usually self-employed, they are not bound to work just for one company. They, have, they can have more clients. So again, this would decide whether you are inside or outside IR35. And uh, the last one is kind of the considering the financial risk. So whether if you are as a consultant or if you are offering services as a, a personal service company, whether you are carrying all the, all, all the risks uh, in terms of uh, getting paid, um, uh, this, if, if you are carrying those risks, again, this would be outside IR35. If you uh, kind of get paid, whether you finish the job or whether you do the work or not, um, getting annual leave or maybe getting sick pay, again, this would be more inside IR35. So it would be constituting um, employment rather than same self-employment. Um, the last important fact uh, that I need to mention in terms of IR35, those changes mean that medium and large size businesses will be responsible for working out the contractor's employment stat status, not the contractors themselves. So this is only the case if the contractor is delivering the service to work for the small businesses, then they are responsible for working out their correct uh, employment status. So which are the small businesses 
so they, it, those are businesses who meet uh, two of the following criteria for two consecutive years. So their annual turnover uh, is no more than 10.2 million. The balance sheet is no more total than no more of 5.1 million, and they uh, have no more than 50 employees. So guys, it's very important because this is kind of coming into effect uh, quite quickly. So it's very important that you, you can clearly distinguish and you know, because if there are any things you need to put in place, uh, this needs to be acted off quickly. There probably will be some kind of um, softer period at the beginning from HMRC, but probably start as you mean to go on rather than trying to catch up on those. Also, also just a quick reminder, as we know, the CIS construction, the reverse charge came into effect uh, from the 1st of March, 2021. So also if, if this applies to you and if you are uh, delivering uh, your work, delivering services to intermediary, not to final user, you need to be aware of the reverse charge and this that this applies. And obviously, if you if this is the case, you need to make sure that your software is able to cope with this, that the reverse charge can be applied. Um, so I think that's all what I would like to mention for this for now. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. And I'm going to start to take questions uh, from the queue. So the first one is Dashiel from Facebook Messenger. Hi, Eva. I'm one of those self-employed people who were earlier not eligible for self-employment support scheme. With the new announcement and inclusion of 2019-2020 businesses, do we get to claim the previous free self-employment support scheme grants or is it just for the April one? Dashiel, uh, good morning. Thank you for your questions. This is actually a very good and important question. Um, I was very pleased to see the announcement where they extended or widened the net for those newly self-employed. Now, unfortunately, you will not be able to claim the free previous grants, but you will be entitled uh, to the grant number four and hopefully grant number five. So they, they should be still another two grants. The first grant will be available at the end of April, beginning of May, HMRC said that they're not going to bring the date uh, of claim forward. Now, HMRC is also saying that they will try to get in touch with those newly self-employed people and get them their specific date uh, from when they could apply. So uh, probably for you, just the best to watch out. As, as you know, you will have to do the claim yourself. Your accountant cannot do it on your behalf. So I think just keep your eyes peeled and make sure you are being clued in. Uh, and I'm sure um, our experts on Ask the Expert this morning, they will be updating uh, you guys on any, any news, if anything will be brought forward. I hope this answered your question. Ricardo from Twitter DM, I've been freelancing for about a year and I have a few different clients. I'm taking up contractor role 
full-time for a company for six months and they've told me I need to be on PAYE. Can you please explain what that means for me and what I need to do? I will still have clients on the side that I work with a few hours per week. Ricardo, thank you for your question. And this is quite interesting and it's tying in well uh, with what I was talking earlier about. Well, if you are freelancing, uh, that would suggest that you would be outside of IR35, but you are saying I'm taking up a contractor role full-time for a company. So this seems that it's going to constitute employment status. Um, and they told you that you need to be on PAY, which means that whatever you will be earning for that company, you will be taxed as you go on, because basically you will be uh paying the tax as employee rather than self-employee where you get your gross amount and then uh, you submit tax return and you pay liabilities uh, at the end of it. So what it means then that there will need to be a PAYE scheme that you will go through. I would clarify with them whether they will put you through their PAYE scheme or whether you need one to set up yourself as a sole director. Um, so that would determine if there is a need that you would need to register for PAYE, you can do, you can register as new employer online. Um, it's very intuitive uh, platform for HMRC. So I would just Google register as employer. You will get your PAYE reference and everything in the post, hopefully within a couple of weeks. Um, and then you can register for submitting your payroll online, again, where you get the code. Um, obviously, we have real-time reporting for PAYE, which means every time you are being paid, you have to submit the return to the HMRC. But I would go back to the company and check with them that uh, if they are going to put you through their payroll, that might be the case. And also, if because you still have clients on the side that you work with, you need to make sure that you are still able to do it. Uh, outside of their full-time contract. Uh, so this is very important uh, for you to check so that you are still able to do it. Uh, so it's not restricting you in any way. If you have any more questions or need for further clarification, Ricardo, please feel free to reach out. Um, Willard from Instagram DM, any tips on how we can turn IR35 into an opportunity and a smiley face? I like your approach, Willard. Good morning and thank you for your question. So obviously, if uh, you will fulfill all the um, criteria of being outside of IR35, uh, this means that you have self-employed status and this is bringing wealth of advantages because a self-employed person, uh, you can claim expenses, uh, you can claim capital allowances, uh, so you can uh, kind of utilize the tax advantages of being self-employed. If you become a limited company, again, that, that has got its own tax advantages as well. So that would be opportunity for you um, to enjoy the tax benefits that those kind of legal forms bring with themselves. 
but but I would urge you to seek professional advice. Go and speak to your accountant or fine accountant if you don't have one, because they can be uh, crucial in helping you decide to make decision what way you want to do, whether you will want to be a sole trader or a limited company. That will, uh, other things will depend on it, uh, such as if you have any other sources of income, how much you probably uh, will be earning and things like that. So this all will be uh, playing into the decision that they will help you to make. So please reach out um, to, to the professional, which the accountants are, so they can help you and navigate you through this, because it's not it's not an easy thing uh, to be completely clued into and and be compliant and also enjoying the benefits at all times. But obviously, there are benefits and opportunities in terms of IR35. You just need to be sure that um, your status is clear and that you are able to demonstrate whether you are outside or inside of IR35. So I'm hoping this answered your question. Chandini from Twitter DM. Good morning, Eva. I heard if you use a limited company for inside IR35 contracts, you have a more control over what can be considered a business expense and how pensions contributions work. Is it true? Good morning, Chandini, and thank you for your questions. So I'm seeing IR35, it's very popular team, popular topic. So thank you for all your very uh, uh, on-point questions. So limited company for inside IR35 contracts, if you have more control over what can be considered business expense. So if you are, so you need to be, outside IR35 to be able to be self-employed and potentially have a limited company. So then, yes, as a company, you you do have control over uh, your expenses and claiming those expenses, but obviously they need to be wholly and exclusively for the purposes of the business. So they cannot be your private. If you are a limited company, uh, you need to make sure that you have everything documented, even if you are a sole trader as a self-employed. Obviously, I'm going to now shout, uh, give shout to QuickBooks, because if you are any business owner, any kind of type of uh, legal entity of the business, you will enjoy the benefits that uh, software like QuickBooks will bring into the table for you because you are able to record everything in the real time and you are able to see at any point in time uh, where you are um, with your finances and with your tax liabilities and you can plan a little bit towards future. So, uh, It is kind of flexible, more control, but you need to be sure that you are still playing within the rules and it's all about the board. Um, So hopefully this answered your question, Chantini. Reto from Instagram DM. So if I'm on the construction industry scheme, I will have to pay double insurance tax at 20% and the fee to the umbrella company. I'm a little bit confused. Reto, good morning. So let me unconfuse this for you. So you are actually mixing few things here. So if you are in the construction industry, uh, 
so yeah, in terms of your professional liability and the indemnity, yes, you're going to you're going to have to pay insurance for this uh, because you want to protect yourself, you want to protect your business, you want to protect the people that might work with you and things like that. Because if if you imagine if, uh, for example, on your site, somebody would walk through and they would have an accident, uh, you would be liable. And this might ruin your business. So the insurance as uh, as much as you can see it as the as the evil or necessary evil, it is giving you protection. So that's the first thing. Yes, you will need to uh, have insurance as your protection. Um, so the umbrella company. This really depends whether you will, if you will be outside of IR thirty five, whether you will be offering your services through the agency or through the umbrella company or you can do it through your own personal service company. So it's really up to you uh, what way you decide. Obviously, if you will do this through agency or umbrella company, uh, they need to live from something as well. So they obviously going to charge you a fee as well. So you need to a kind of way of all pros and cons of any arrangement and what I would do, I would probably create different scenarios and how much would it cost you. From the other side, on the other side of the coin, if you are a limited company or if you are a sole trader, you're going to be charging more than you if you would be getting paid if you are employed. So uh, it's it's kind of getting the balance right and, and you need to be including into your figures, you need to be able to, to kind of foresee or calculate how much uh, you probably will be earning. So you you see on the other side, if after all the outgoings that you mentioned, if it's insurance, um, the fee to the umbrella company, if if you're still making money. So tax, if uh, 20%, I assume you uh, this can be two things. So you're either talking about the VAT, which is... Uh, kind of um, the output tax that you are declaring have to pay back to the HMRC. But then on the other side, you are able to claim the input tax that you can offset against output tax, which will decrease your liability. So anything you buy for the business, you can claim the VAT on. If you are talking about uh, CIS, obviously that depends. That will depend on your status. As well, I'm hoping that this answered your question. But there are so many things in the mix for you. So if you need for the clarification, please reach out either to me or to our experts on QuickBooks. Vanessa from Twitter DM. If I provide service and directly invoice my client as well, a large corporate will. I be inside IR35. I haven't been able to get an answer from the company yet. Please tell me what I should do. Vanessa, hi, and thank you for your question. So if you provide service and directly invoice your client as well, so this is a large corporate. So what I mentioned before, large businesses, they are, the onus is onto them to determine whether this is inside or outside. IR35. Now, the few clues what I have mentioned, this company that you're going to provide services for, is this just one job? 
that you're going to do full-time for this company? Do you have control over the work that they give you so that you can refuse the work or do you have to accept all the work that they give you? Again, how much flexibility and control you have that will uh, determine if you are inside or outside IR35 if you are relying on them giving you work and if you have to take every work they give you, that means that you will be inside IR35. You will be more employee rather than self-employed. Um, again, in terms of if both of you have obligation, mutuality of obligation, again, if, if you expect in work from them, or if they have to provide you with the work, again, this will uh, bear more, uh, to go towards uh, inside IR35. If you are bearing any financial risks or if the onus is on to them, again. So those are the things uh, that you need to be able to consider to see. But the onus at the end, because they are large company, is on to them, but it doesn't hurt for you to know the rules uh, to be able to decide whether it's right or wrong. And definitely, I would encourage you to speak to them just to clarify so that um, you are on the same page as well. Also, if you are not able to do any other work from any other companies that's tying you just to this one company, again, this would be more inside IR35 than outside, in my opinion. I'm hoping this asks for your question. Sabia from Instagram DM. Hi, Eva. Do I have pa to pay back the universal credit when I start working again? Do I have to cancel my universal credit or will they stop it automatically? Any help would be much appreciated. Sabia, good morning and thank you for your question. So uh, I'm not sure what you are asking in terms, do I have to buy back the universal credit? If you are entitled, if your income decreased or you didn't work, there is no reason for you to pay back. But obviously, if your circumstances change, uh, I would contact them in any way. Now it's connected. Uh, the credit would be connected to payroll submission. So you would imagine that they would know, but I would still check with them, let them know uh, if any circumstances change, I would contact the universal credit and let them know so they... Um, it is on the record, so you you not uh, kind of find it yourself in the situation where uh, you will have to pay money back. I would always encourage double and triple checking, but for the time when if you are not working, uh, you have no other income, then I don't see a reason why you would be paying the money back. So the universal credit is kind of... Um, uh, kind of as a real time thing so you should be you should be okay there hopefully this um answered your question and thank you very much for that linus from facebook messenger hi eva i want to plan my cash flow but as a freelance copywriter i have a few short-term clients and i don't know what my work situation will look like in six months do you have any advice hi linus good morning and thank you for your question. I know this is very difficult, especially if, if you are a freelance business. Uh, what I would be trying to uh, 
think about or plan out? Can you uh, try to maybe secure time contract um, with those clients, whether it will be for three or six months? If that is not possible, um, make sure you communicate with all your clients to see that you are still both on the same page and they still want to involve you and commission work for you because that will give you indication then how is it going to look like for, for you in six months? There is so much uncertainty, um, especially in this day and age. So it is kind of you are you are deciding, making decisions every day, sometimes on things that are not very clear or certain for you. Uh, so you need to make sure you're keeping your finger on the pulse that... Um, any changes, anything that happens, you are able to act quickly on that. Um, so with those short-term clients, maybe can you look and secure more, try to secure more? Um, it, it's very difficult. And any money you get in, in I would be very economical and, and try to put things, that try to put funds aside for rainy days, if it's at all possible. Please do, because, yes, I know I was self-employed in the past. And yeah, you never know how it's going to go from one week to another. So you need to be sure that you have always something in the backup and always try to explore having new clients um, and things like that. So hopefully this answered your question. And thank you very much uh, for that. So this was my final question. I'm going to announce the poll results they are in. So we have asked you, have you ever sacrificed anything for your employees? So 30% of you said yes and 70% answered no. So this is very different answer to, to the last, the same question, the last poll I was reacting. Uh, so well done to your 30% and the 70% I would ask why. I would ask you why and please think about it because if if you are loyal uh, to your employees and if if they see that you are giving them back that you are able to sacrifice uh, things for them they will be your loyal employees and they will help you to um, move your business forward so I think it, it's very important so please um, rethink uh, if you said no, whether is there anything that you can do for your employees? Uh, so thank you for tuning in this morning. If you have any questions, please get in touch uh, with myself on LinkedIn. I'm Razikova. I'll be happy to talk to you. And this is really exciting because on the 6th of April, Ask the Expert turns one year. To highlight this milestone into it QuickBooks, we'll be running a competition where three people can win an Oculus Quest 2. All you have to do is to tune in to the live show and ask questions in the live feed of Facebook or YouTube. Good luck. Coming up on Ask the Expert tomorrow is serial entrepreneur Dean Kelly, who has built and sold several businesses over the last 20 years. Dean is now the founder of RealizeMe.com, a social enterprise schools platform, RDLC, the UK's largest network of recruitment CEOs and Gelstar consultancy. 
Tune in to learn the secrets to exponential growth. A reminder that if you need any more advice, you can join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook, where the accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. I really enjoyed answering your questions. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care, stay safe, and have a happy Easter.